And now, Kyle and Steven present another episode of the Go F*** Yourself podcast. Um, it's Fix. Really? Well, that's embarrassing. The Go Fix Yourself podcast. Welcome to the Go Fix Yourself podcast, where we are learning something from people because we just don't know anything, and we're trying to fix that. I am your co-host, Stephen, and sitting to my left is just this dude. He's, you know, he's wearing like half a jacket, which is also called a vest, oh. <laughs> but he's also, he's got like this Boy Scout hat on. Uh, what is it? Good Good Walk Coffee Company? You're just looking good, is I what know. I'm saying. That- it's Kyle Redding. I know that was the that that's what my wife said while walking out the door. She's like, you "Look cute tonight." Hey, it's our anniversary, by the way. Hey. Seven years, Jesus! Wow, Happy that's anniversary. A, uh, thank you. That is, and you're here recording a podcast with us. Yeah, she's leaving me tomorrow. <laughs> so that's dedication, uh, dude. Yeah. That's no, I'm dedication. happy to be here for another episode. We keep doing it. I'm sitting next to you. This is episode hundred plus hundred forty ish. I mean, it's crazy. Something that yeah, we have found the words to fill. 140 plus hours. It's surprising that people still listen to us. It's dwindling. I don't think it's us. I think it's our guests. Um, and so, which we're very excited about our guest today. Um, but before we introduce him, we want to talk about kind of what we're talking about today. Mm, yes. Um, and so today we are talking about playing hockey. Yeah. And in, 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 I guess in the short scheme of things, I think we're going to go into nutshell. so much more. Um, but here's the thing. I come from New York, right? And so, we, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, it's like, I didn't grow up here. Now, hockey is like the biggest sport in Alaska, is what I would say. Yeah. Because when I came up here, it was like, I was uh, soccer, basketball, baseball, coming from that. And then everybody up here did not play any of those sports, and they pl- all played hockey. And so I was kind of left out. I, I know. When you say that, that's crazy, because I was a big Rangers fan when I was a kid. You're a Rangers fan, huh? Uh, no, I was. Oh. Know, Mark Messier, all these guys okay. that I was like, man, Rangers, I had a poster on my wall. Really? Everything. So you and were, so when you, you say were... New York, I'm always like, oh, they they got a little hockey there, just a, a little bit. Oh, you know? but you, well, and that's the thing. I'm but not, you, didn't, I'm not... you didn't play it, though. Yes. That's the thing. Yes. Which is different. I get that. Did uh, you play it? I did play I. <laughs> You know, it's kind of like the Jam League, and if you've listened to a few episodes, you know about the Jesus and Me Basketball <laughs> League that I was a part of. Uh, yeah. I was Almost D1. Uh, almost D1. Pretty good. <laughs> I also played for uh, Boys and Girls Club here, uh, hockey. and um, Sim, Similar. Sim, similar. D1. Almost right there. Just kind of right The skills about, were right below. not great, but it was a lot of fun. I remember my jersey being red for a lot of years, so, you know... I have some great memories what does with that hockey. Mean? I don't know. That's just oh, what color okay. we, team we were for a gotcha. lot of years. So we have the pleasure of having our first NHL player yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. We have J.J. Johnson. Yes. Thank you, yes. sir. Welcome for welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you on. We are. We are going to talk about hockey, and you're talking to two guys that, I mean, you look at us and we're like, you're, you're probably thinking two athletes. Athletes for life. We got athlete bodies. I think that's the first thing you probably thought of when we walked. You're like, oh, these guys are fit. Like, oh, a lot of charisma, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a lot charisma. of lying is what they <laughs> yeah. seem to be doing. But yeah. we're so happy to have you on. And we want to talk all about hockey, but not 
just hockey. We want to talk about you and what you do now. Mm-hmm. We always kind of lead this podcast off with kind of our, our question that his parents are two of our biggest fans. Some might say our biggest fans, and maybe our only that, fans. That is true, and they they will not pay for our only fans, but no, they, they will not. They are might be our only fans. They're very important to us. Yes. So Rick and Carol are over in New York right now, and they want to hear basically your elevator pitch about who you are and what you do right now. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, I want to say hello to Rick and Carol in New York. Look at that. You um, remember? I'm going to do my best not to bore them. <laughs> Um, I'm shocked you remember because you, you, we told you this before and you were like, what are their names? And I was like, he's not going to remember. I just, I can't let you down. Dang. You know, I'm like, oh, well, why'd you bring that guy on? You know, <laughs> you're going to get say. a Christmas card. You know, yeah. I, can, I can feel uh, it now. That JJ, he's a sweet boy. <laughs> That's not how my mom talks. But. I'm a pleaser. <laughs> yeah. um, Justin Johnson uh, from East Anchorage uh, by way of uh, Seattle. Uh, grew up here uh, from age three and a half, four, four years old. And, um, Lived in East Anchorage, um, you know, biracial, so I had all that going for me and all that confusion, and uh, had a babysitter early on that uh, her kids played hockey, and, uh, you know, no one wants to be left out. I feel bad about the story you told in the beginning yeah. about that. Cause <laughs> Where everybody... I, I know what that feels like. Oh, yeah, everybody would play uh, pond hockey, and I was just, like, either on the sidelines or I, I just didn't go. <laughs> and I, uh, I, you know, begged my mother if I could play, and... She worked for an ear, nose, and throat doctor, so she wasn't really too keen on it because she thought that you didn't play the face mask and that you'd lose your teeth and your Ooh, face yeah. mangled. Yeah. And um, I think through the course of just a year of you know begging and prodding and and uh, just you know loving loving hockey and being super interested, if she couldn't you know deny me any further and, and finally signed me up, and uh, that was a weird time because uh, you know not soon after that my parents got divorced and uh, you know. I guess that became my thing. And when I talk to people about it, I'm always learning new new aspects of kind of what that might have been like. And, and I think that she did the best she could to maybe distract me from uh, that. And so she really sacrificed and, and mm. went all in on helping me play hockey and would take me to the Diamond Center at lunch, lunch uh, her, her lunch break. And I'd be left there all day with five bucks, which would get spent on a bazooka and maybe a Wendy's sandwich and uh, played hockey. Uh, in East Anchorage, it was different back then in the 90s where, you know, it didn't matter whether you were, uh, you know, affluent or, or, or blue collar. Uh, everybody got to play because it was pretty affordable. And uh, it turned into being something that was my complete passion and, and uh, all I could think about, all I wanted. And I, I tied a lot of my social relationships to sports, you know, whether it was, you know, basketball, baseball, soccer in the summer to hockey in the winter. And um, hockey being kind of the way it was is, you know, uh, you, you, uh, super competitive, um, you know, the demographics were a little different. So I kind of had learned that I needed to prove myself. Mm. And, uh, so through that, uh, kind of ended up, things worked out for me. Uh, it wasn't always easy, but, um, you know, kind of fast forward to now, I don't want to, you know, talk too long on, on, on the initial question, but it was, uh, you know, what made me who I am and, and, uh, taught me a lot about disappointments and, you know, adversities and, and uh, kind of how you work your way out of that and learning how to give people what they want, you know. Mm. Um, I think when you're playing a sport, people tell you when you're not good enough, why you're not good enough or why they think you're not good enough, and, and you got to go find a way to give them what they want. And uh, for me, that was, you know, whatever it takes to kind of get noticed and, and, and get some, uh, you know, 
somehow find a way to be favorable in their eyes to be put on these teams and and it worked out that, so yeah that's yeah. awesome i mean that uh coming from alaska like whenever i hear somebody that that i feel like everybody's played hockey and like when you're talking about it do you feel like when you were saying that's all you could think about that was your passion do you feel like that just was lucky for you to find hockey and that lined up with your skill set to like take it as far as you did or did you feel like when you found hockey that developed over time because i always wonder if professional athletes and stuff like that is it like just a lucky cross-section of interest and skill that allowed them to pursue it or did you get involved and then just work harder than everybody else kind of idea. Definitely what you said in the end. Um, but it started with just, I loved it. Yeah. Well, you have to, uh, if you're going to put that much time and effort, I, you got to love it, right? I really loved it. Not not because my parents pushed me towards yeah. it, which is unique to talk to you about it. Because, you know, for, for a lot of kids that we know, now, yeah. with our friends and, and uh, you know, our acquaintances, a lot of that is, you know, you get encouraged by your parents. Or, yeah. You know, somehow through your social... Uh, you know, network or whatever. I wasn't really friends with my babysitter's kids. Right. You know, they weren't, you know. Right. They weren't, I wasn't invited to their birthday parties and I don't think they were invited to mine, but, you know, that's what they did. And, you know, that that was where I would go after school, uh, you know, to what, go take part in that activity until our parents came to pick us up. What was it that, like, if you can remember, like, what was it that drew you towards hockey so much? Like, why? how did it become your passion? Um... There was a uh, a guy named uh, Jamal Mason. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, um, but he was uh, he was he was you know black guy from uh, went to my elementary school and uh, you know watched him in a in a, uh, a school assembly, mm. you know doing like some gym hockey type mm-hmm. expo or whatever, and they they had his jersey on and had stars on it had his name, you know kind of embroidered in the back, and I was just like man that was like my first like example of a uh, idol or, or early, you know, pre-adolescent kind of hero. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I, that kind of definitely, per- like, oh, he he plays hockey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I wasn't paying attention to the white-black thing yeah. at all, but I paid attention to him. Right. Kind of what kind of, oh, you know, because I didn't know any better. You're only eight years old, which is late, actually, for hockey, so... um it's interesting, kind of thinking back about uh, by that. I think Jamal Mason kind of really kind of opened up the floodgates. Open that, for you. that up for me. You Shout know. out to Jamal. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. So, and then just uh, from from there, it was something that maybe you know I wasn't. Uh, I like basketball. I like soccer. You know what I mean. But that whole thing of the stick in my hand and kind of weave through traffic and and score a goal. Sure. Uh, just gave me a lot more fulfillment than uh, you know you know, hitting a basket or, or, you know, scoring a basketball hoop or whatever. Yeah, no, I I get that because, like, when hockey's different, and we were talking about this before, is, like, you are on, and I said this was, you're on two, basically, uh, knives on your your feet, and you're skating around as fast as you can. Yeah, murder weapons. Yeah, you're on murder weapons on your (laughs) feet. You're skating around. You're hitting people. You can, I should say, um, and you're trying to just put this rubber puck into the other guy's net. Like when you break down sports, sometimes it becomes like super simple, and you're like, "How do, oh, this, yeah. how do, how do people do this well, for like a living?" Soccer, it's yeah. like, oh, you just I'm try ki- to kick a ball into mm-hmm. this big giant goal. Yeah, but there's like, there's something to it. I mean, golf is the same way with me. Like you're just trying to put 
a little white ball into yeah. a hole 18 times. Like, it's very simple, but there's so much more yeah. to sports when you, like, start yeah, it playing. Yeah, simple, it. dude. Come on. It's so easy, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Okay, yeah. Um, so you played high school, I'm assuming, for yep. East? Yep, East Anchorage High School. Very cool. The East Anchorage High School. The East, a Betty Davis, right? <laughs> yeah. And so then where, in, when you graduate high school, um, what was college what was that thinking about hockey going to that point because Ho- at, ho- the, at the time what was it hockey's different where you can um you can kind of go have a sabbatical from school mm. and uh, during that sabbatical which we call juniors you know you do your best to kind of uh get noticed and, and maybe have a uh, school or, or or you know institution take a liking to you and want to give you a scholarship hopefully uh that's always the goal and, and to play division one hockey the, the highest level you can and mm-hmm. and um so me, I was a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys that you know we we've all known now by now were super talented and didn't have to wait that long. But for me, I played three years of junior hockey after high school. Gotcha. And I was able to uh, come home and play on the UA hockey team. And, see Wolves. Uh, yeah. Yep. And so that was for me. I was a walk on initially. Uh, they call it recruited walk on, but still you're a walk on. You know the school's not invested in you. Um, so what's, what's that mean? Like for somebody that's uninitiated, like does that mean you went to UA tryouts and it's open or how does that all well, work? Well, you can do that, but, uh, you know, being recruited means is they, they asked you. To okay. Be on so the they team. were, but they knew you. We'd like you to be on the team, but we're not going to give you $1 oh, to gotcha. help you pay for it. So you'll have to figure it out on your own oh. in the meantime. And if it works out for you, maybe we'll give you a scholarship, but you can't bet on it or count on it. We're not promising you that. Hmm. And, uh, good luck. So it's a performance-based scholarship yeah. in a sense, or, or potential. Yeah, it's an opportunity, basically. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. So what was that? So you were, what, probably 21-ish? when 21. You... I was a 21-year-old freshman, thank yeah. God. <laughs> no, that's kind of <laughs> cool. It helped a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of cool. Um, so what was, like, I'm thinking when we were 21, absolute morons. Like, oh, not yeah. much has changed, but like... <laughs> no, at me, the, too. me too. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. like, you're getting told, hey, um, college isn't paid for we need to see you perform like what does that do to a 21 year old mindset of like what you need to do on the ice or did you have to work or how did you end up getting through I think for me i had always told myself and i told my mom and my stepdad and, and my dad that um if i can't play hockey in college i'm gonna go i'm gonna sign up for the military okay yeah and thinking about that time i mean that's 0102 after 911 so um it was a huge relief that I was going to get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how I took it where this is what I want to do. Uh, it's kind of working out and the rest is in your hands. And hopefully uh, if it all works out, it'll be worthwhile. And, and um, you know, if you're able to develop and, 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 and do what the coaches say and follow the rules and, and maybe perform at a level that they find reasonable or whatever, maybe you'll get rewarded and get a scholarship. Like So for me, it was just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no plans on me being uh, a significant part of the team other than just a, a depth guy that was going to work hard. And, you know, there's there's that anytime you have a school that's got a sport, you know, that's native to that area, right? you know, you got to kind of have your local quota. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't dare say that's why the coaches put me in the team or whatever, but I think it helps sure. give you that extra oomph of an opportunity and I was lucky that I played for, you know, Coach John Hill and Jack Cole and, and Keith Morris. That knew me for a long time, whether it was hockey schools or whatever. And so I think that they knew me was huge. 
Mm. And so maybe that made them feel a little comfortable, like, hey, we can give this guy an opportunity and he hopefully won't make us feel like uh, like we've hurt, you know, the image of the school or we've wasted a spot on the team on somebody who was unworthy. So mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was just uh, relief and uh, glad to be here. Sure. To be honest with you, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, what's that like being a, a college athlete? Because uh, I was not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think... I'm sorry <laughs> to laugh, Kyle, but, yeah. yeah I mean, I clearly. was an academic. Like, I feel like... You were like, a drinker. I feel like... Actually, you weren't a drinker, were you, in college? Not, not huge. You were a partier, was, but yeah. less but drinker. We had a lot of hockey guys in, in my classes, and, and they were so cool because we'd go watch the hockey games and, you know, get beers and all that stuff. It was a lot of fun to be a part of the, like the Seawolf community and, 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 and support, you know, you had that guy in your class earlier today and you know, he was cheating off of everybody to get past, you know? And it's like, as a college athlete, like how much did you care about school? Was it more about like, Hey, I'm just going to pursue hockey no matter what. I know the military was kind of an option, yeah. but I always think of that. Do you, for, do you picture yourself going higher or do you say, I'm probably going to have to get a job? Well, the first thing is like, you got to go to class. Right. And then I got to find a way to get in the lineup. Right. You know. Uh, and you have to have a GPA of some sort, yeah. right, to play. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't satisfy a lot of those requirements, it doesn't even, you know, you don't even get a chance. Right. Right. And so I didn't mean to cut you off there, but it was... Uh, me having some, I think, dis, you know, sincere disappointments, I think, growing up. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say that I had an ego that was inflated even in an inch, mm -hmm. you know. So I knew that, like, if I wasn't a guy that was actually playing, that whole thing about, you know, having fun at the bars, the, the, the sure. parties, that wasn't going to be something where I was going to thrive in if I'm, you know, a nobody because I'm not playing. <laughs> and and it, it's sad that I thought that. Sure. But that's, yeah, as a 21-year-old, that's what I believed. I believed, like, if you're not playing or whatever, you're not you're not cool. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? And so if you want to be cool and you want to be somebody, you better be in the lineup. Yeah. And that means you better be in that, that uh, when the coach fills the form out, that you're playing in the game and that you're not in the stands in a suit. Um, so that was kind of mission number one. And so when you talk about kind of all I cared about, that really was kind of, you know, all my day revolved around was showing up at 230 at the Wells Fargo complex mm -hmm. and just, and, and giving her hell, you right. know what I mean? And, um, you know, whether that was picking up pucks, weight room, uh, yes, sir, no, sir, you know, staying out of trouble, um, uh, not taking it for granted. I mean, there's good, ex good and bad examples uh, around us all day long. Right. And so I think that I had learned through some, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get into that kind of stuff in, in, in this, in this next hour or whatever, but, I feel like I had a white stepdad from the South who knew nothing, cared nothing for hockey, uh, just, you know, had a military background and wanted to see me, you know, not be a punk. Right. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then I had a, a, you know, a father I grew up with that was from the South as well who knew nothing, cared nothing about hockey and, and was more, um, hmm, I, I wouldn't say he was a stickler for, you know, um, being strict, I guess, you know, when it comes sure. to, you know, your day-to-day -day or whatever in terms of those kind of accountabilities that some parents might hold you to. So, you know, you observe the people around you and their fathers and things like that. And um, I had a lot of help to the, to that point to where I got to UAA. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was just not about disgracing or, or letting people down. Mm. You know what I mean? And so there's... That's a big driver. So I have different... <laughs> yeah. I have, you know, how I feel about my stepdad, how I feel about the dad I grew up with, how I feel about the other dads that were around me that supported me and believed in me and helped my mom out financially to keep me on the ice. And so 
I just had a different, uh, I think, perspective at that point it, without it, which I don't, I don't know what, if it would have worked out for me if I didn't have that. Sure. And so, you know, it was easy for me to uh, do what I'm supposed to do, you yeah. know, and do it harder than everybody else because I really, really cared. Yeah. So I think that's where it started. It, it sounds like a few people sacrificed a lot for you to, like, get where you were, but it sounds like your mom was kind of a big, a big kicker in that. She was the one that get got you into hockey and mm-hmm. allowed you to play and, like you said, financially supported. Because hockey, I mean, like you said, when you were younger, it may have been subsidized through, you know, I know Boys and Girls Club, all those things mm-hmm. allow a lot of kids, rich or poor, to provide gear for them and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know if it was like that in high school. So it's hockey's a very expensive sport with new sticks, yeah. new skates, yeah. and a growing kid Pads. needs new gear every year. Uh, and, and so yeah. it, it's a lot of money. I'd hate to say typical or epitome or whatever, but that's really what it was. You know, my, the people who I work for uh, subsidized or supplemented her, her sure. paycheck with whatever little extra to help keep me on the ice. Because like I said, it was kind of during that time when they were getting divorced. And uh, then there were some dads on the team that were very affluent. And yeah, maybe I was respectful or kind enough to where they thought I was worth helping wow. out. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was, you know... Uh, an example of, uh, you know, people um, maybe uh, giving you a shot, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That maybe they understood that, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen for this kid, uh, but I think, uh, you know, I want to uh, step in uh, because, you know, clearly the, the love was there, the effort was there, and, and you know, I, I had a lot of special people that I thank God for all the time, and that's why I think getting to sit here and have this conversation with you, I get to kind of get in touch with that. You know, these people don't get to hear from you always, but you know, in my spirit or whatever I do, you know, I acknowledge these things. And one of the guys, his name is Benton DeBrell. He was an old school Texan guy that had no hockey background, but he loved it. And, uh, you know, coached us, you know, gave his whole heart and soul to us, and, but his kids weren't even on the team. So for me, that was a big deal. Hmm. Uh, and I think I kind of went off on a tangent there or whatever, but, uh, which I apologize for. No, but no that's it cool. was, uh, you know, it, you know, it, it's, it's a game where you suffer and, and, um, you know, it's, it, it's not easy. And, uh, you know, your effort is the ultimate uh, deciding factor, I think. Sure. You know, which when, is, which for me made all the difference. Yeah. When did you become a, a, aware? Because a lot of times I, I think I'm, I'm a step parent right now as well. And so I wonder all the time about my stepson. When is he going to realize as he gets older some of the sacrifices parents make for them and stuff like that? And so you were kind of saying and call it like, when did you realize the sacrifices your parents made for you? And so you kind of felt like you needed to perform like in college. And it was like, was that a younger age or older? Well, first, one thing I forgot to mention that last time, the last question you asked was when we talked about my mom, though, another thing other than sacrifice was uh, her gift of a temper. Mm. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so that's where you get that. Yeah. Was, for that, that was critical for me, Yeah, you know, because, you know, things are, things are emotional or whatever. And sure. being able to tap into these things can make a, a big difference. And I think on the ice rink, being able to get emotionally engaged mm-hmm. and have a temper, um, for me was important. Um, but back to what you say, uh, about being a step parent is, uh, you know, I want, uh, I want to reach across the table and give you a hug because I know how I felt about my stepdad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It's life. But, you know, I would find ways to hate him. Sure. You know, and not because he deserved to be hated, just because there was a, you know, was an outsider. Yeah. You know, and and the, you know, the idea of, you know, ignorance 
or the reality of ignorance when you're young. Right. It, it, it's it's all you know. You know, all I know is that, you know, he's uh, I'm half black, half white. He's all white. He's from the South. I don't feel, at least, you know, as a, a 12, 13, right. 14, 15 year old, like he's 100% invested in seeing me continue to play, the, you know, hockey, it, which, and hockey is so expensive. And so any kind of uh, word, phrase, energy, or whatever, uh, I would, I would, I would have my hatred would just feast on that, mm. you know? And, uh, you know, I'll never be able to apologize for that enough. Um, but he knows now that uh, through the gift of perspective, like that's where I got a lot of my grit from. Mm. Um, that's where I got a lot of my humility and, and, and being honest and modest about things and understanding like either you're good enough or you're not. Um, you know, and then I just had that ultimate drive to prove him wrong. You know, mm. and it's not because he, he thought I was a, you know, scumbag you right. know, or whatever or, or, yeah. or low life or, or worthless. It's just, uh, you know, hey, you got to, you got to be a good kid. You got to know what's right and wrong. You got to do what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? What you want is extra. You know what I mean? And it costs or whatever. So, you know, there was all that stuff that was in my face. And, but I think as I, you know, learned to know kind of what reality was and how you got to have a job and you got to be able to pay your bills or whatever, <laughs> you know, I learned that he had a very tough job where he uh, went into the bush and uh, I think he worked for Alaska Village Co op or whatever. But his job was basically to go to the rural areas and make sure that uh, the power was on. Mm. You know, so he slept on the floor, slept with the gun, you know, went, went to some places Damn. where he's not, you know, people aren't too keen on his his uh, his presence, presence there. there. <laughs> and these were, you know, four to six week uh, hitches he would do. Wow. Where he'd be home maybe one to two weeks, but he'd be gone four to six. Damn. And, uh, you know, in the 90s, you can think like he probably got compensated very well, but that was a sacrifice for him. You know, yeah. if you want to get paid well. You got to be gone for a you long time. You got to be time. gone, and uh, he did that. So I ended. Up, I I got I got the fate, fortunate favor of living in a a, a a solid, beautiful East Anchorage middle income, you know, or, or middle class home over there off of Boniface and, and uh, Kenny Hill. Um, oh yeah, for, near Campbell Air Strip. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Wesleyan is where. I grew yeah, up. I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. my friends on the yeah, east side say that is not east side, but I can hear the east high it bell is. from is. that house. And yeah. Better with that Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Kind of <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did. I you know. that. that was my favorite show back then. That's, oh. I watched it religiously. Oh, hell yeah. Who didn't watch that? Yeah. That was a and, great show. And I think, uh, you know, I, I wanted to show up and I wanted to be worthy of, of his respect. Mm. You yeah. Because uh, he was a hard nosed guy. Um, who I believe to be tough in every sense of the word, uh, just by, you know, he worked in the cold and, and uh, all that, and I wanted his respect. Mm. He was the first man where I really, like, when I knew what respect was and when I knew I wanted it, uh, he was the first person I knew I wanted his respect from, and not because he treated me like I was a, you know, whatever. I don't want to belabor that, but... Um, so I think internally that was a big driver for me. Yeah. Do you ever... Uh text them some of your fight videos from YouTube. Say, no, uh, what up? You see how many views this one's got, Dad? If you ever well, want to step up to the young buck, you know, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> well, not, you know, and I would never, uh, you know, say anything like that. To yeah, him, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he was one, my probably my biggest fan, really. Really? Because that was something that him and I could, uh, you know. Bond over. We rent. could bond over that. We could talk about, you know, on nice fisticuffs. And, yeah. Uh, you know, where he got to kind of give me his two cents and, you know, and, and I was willing to take them and, and, 
you know, it was a process, and we might get into it, but initially when you went to college, there's no fighting. Right, right. Right. Um, but which came afterwards. But I know, you know, me going to school was everything that him and my mom had, had ever hoped for me. And then, uh, you know, they wanted to see me have success, and, and uh, so they were behind me. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. a good support system, I think. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's stories of athletes that make it without a good support system, mm-hmm. but I feel like you got to have that to some extent to, like, get far, in, especially yeah. in an expensive sport like that. And I, and I want to make sure I, I answer your question fully, too. When you talk about the, the, the stepdad factor is, unfortunately, uh, when I talked about wanting to reach across the table and giving you hugs, because it's going to take a, a long time oh, yeah. for, for kids to, to, to know and learn and really feel that, which uh, breaks my heart. You know what I mean? Uh, to think about it, because I know how I was, and I see my friends going through that same thing. Yeah. And I want to tell them, like, hey, just you have to give that time. It might be, you know, mm. 22, 25, 30. Days? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wish yeah. it was days, but I mean, yeah. it, just, it takes a long time to mature and to yeah. understand what real sacrifice is. And, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, stepdad went to work and loved my mom and supported me. And gosh, I, you know, until you get there as an adult, you have no idea, you have no concept right. of the beauty and the strength and the how wonderful that is. Sure. You know, when you're on the back deck and, you know, handshake or a beer and a hug and, and all that. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I look forward to that for you. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've accepted it's going, I am going to have to push out the timeline from the 25 days to appreciation to mm. maybe years. But you know what? That's what you sign up for mm-hmm. at the same time. And it's not always easy, but like I said, that's what you signed up for. And it's going to be tough sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> and we need you yeah. to, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. we need you. Society's counting on you. Yeah. Well, let, let's get into, uh, so post-college, what happens? Did you, four years at UA? Yeah, four years okay. at UA. And then that's kind of where, how, how does, how do you go to the next level? Well, uh, for me, it was it was like a fairy tale initially because I was, uh, you know, love the Aces and you know Bob yeah. Lester. And, oh yeah, and it was. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's like oh five, Cowbell, or 05, yeah. 06. Aww. I mean, yeah. Scott Gomez came back and played on the team, and it was uh, it was like Noah's Ark. I, I've used that before. I apologize, but you know, I need if, to if apologize. You saw it like in, in May when it was playoff time. People were coming from every out of every crack or, yeah. or crevice from you know Crazy Horse parking lot. To, oh yeah. Walking, walking all the way down. I remember that Crossroads Bar. Yeah, you know, up there by Fireweed Theaters. I mean, you name it. Uh, It was such a special uh, thing, and the owners did a great job of supporting it, getting behind it, investing in it. Mm. And so, some really good teams. So, for me, playing at UA, that's that's, that was the dream. I didn't NHL. What's the NHL like? All I want to play is for is the Alaska Aces. No shit, hundred percent. And uh, got to join the team after my senior year and. Got to go on a few road trips and and, uh, and uh, obviously got to be along for the ride when they won the uh, first Kelly Cup. Yeah. So it was awesome. You know, uh, there was no expectations of me, you know. They had a very good team. I uh, got to kind of learn, you know, be in the sidelines, but still get to pretend that, you know, hey, you're on the team, you're a part of this, even though you're not really. Sure. Um, and the next year with the prominence of the, the Aces, they were always affiliated with the American League team, mm-hmm. which meant that they were always getting players filter down from the American League, or th- from starting from the NHL, down to the American League, then down to the coast. And so if you're a guy like me who's unproven and unestablished and, you know, no one's thinking I'm going to come in there and light the world on fire and score 20 goals, uh, you know, I'm one of the first guys that you can you can let go of. So I was uh, cut from the team. 
uh, had a girlfriend, so it's kind of brutal. You know, here you are, you're out, of, you're out of college, your plans are now out the window. You haven't really finished your degree, and you're not sure if you want to, you know, you know, ride the bus or, or, or fly all over North America trying to trying to you know catch on to a team yeah, somewhere. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't something like I had a parents. I would just say, hey, give me five thousand dollars and let me go fly around trying to make these hockey teams. Mm-hmm. So I just, uh, I guess I did the uh, you know the, the mature thing and I just signed up to finish my degree. Went to work for uh, Louis Mass at the, the uh, Dryland Training uh, Hockey Facility in uh, uh, South Anchorage, mm-hmm. where I'd go to class. And then I would, uh, you know, go to the facility and I'd train kids for all, uh, for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Tie their skates, you know, try to keep them moving, try to keep them happy, try to impress parents with my, you know, prowess of, you know, keeping their kids active and not not letting that hour be a waste of time. And it was exhausting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I got this magical phone caller in the morning in December uh, from a friend, uh, Daniel Hacker, who was playing for the Idaho Steelheads. And uh, their team was a really good team in that league. And so... The uh, parent club had a bunch of injuries, and so a lot of their players were called up. And so when they showed up in Anchorage that weekend, I think they had maybe 12 or 13 skaters. Hmm. So this is the practice for a lot of years. I don't think people people might know, but, uh, you know, we were always putting uh, emergency goalies out there for these teams that came to play us. You know, Bakersfield, Fresno, you name it. You know, if the goalies called up, you'd fly to that city or whatever, and you would, you know, use what's called an e-bug. And what's that? Emergency backup. Okay, so, so explain that to like somebody that doesn't know anything about hockey. So you know, with so the, so me, so I didn't want to say it. But. So the, yeah. the advantage of playing the last case is, is uh, you know, there's a thousand thousand goalies out there, right? And if you came up with one goalie, it'd be pretty easy to find one. And usually, you'd use the the, the home team. I mean, they wouldn't want to give you a rock superstar or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, usually it'd be some guy that was well known or well thought of. Uh, you know, like I think the guy that usually got those calls was Jeff Barney. Hmm. I think he's a uh, commercial fisherman or, or something. So you're saying a local Anchorage person would play yes. goalie for the team that came up. Yeah, you'd show okay. up on Friday morning, and they'd have a contract for you next to a cup of coffee and a donut, and they'd say, here you go, we're going to pay you uh, Excellent. For... 150 bucks for the next two days. or Okay. You know, and, and uh, here's a jersey with your name on it, and, you know, you're not going to get to keep that, but we'll give you this underwear <laughs> that... You're, you you know, get to keep the underwear. You get to keep the underwear. Here's the cup that we've yeah. been passing around <laughs> yeah. from yeah. everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the jock strap. We yeah. haven't washed it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I got to be emergency player, and that uh-huh. would happen too, where, you know, you could field skaters and, with you know, UAA and the Aces and that whole thing. There was plenty of guys that still were in relatively decent shape mm-hmm. that would suit up for these visiting teams. And for me, that was uh, it was a rough weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, got heckled to no end. I was going to say, yeah. You know, Got in a fight with a six foot seven guy that's done it, you know, quite a bit, and it wasn't didn't have the best outcome. The first one was good because he fell down, thank, thankfully. Um, Slipped on his knife. Yeah, on his so feet. you can imagine you know, <laughs> being a local guy, people just just uh, booed or because you were playing for the the, wrong the Steelheads. Team. Yeah, you weren't good. Yeah. En- you're not good enough to play for the Aces. You're a loser. You suck. I mean, Damn. I could use more colorful language or whatever. Uh, making fun of me. You're, you know, your girlfriend's in the stands. Your family's in the stands. Um, you see it, you feel it, you know, your buddies are, you know, they don't kind of want to, you know, rub it in too hard, but you know, you got some friends that'll kind of give it to you. Like, <laughs> what do you think you were doing out there? You know, come on. You know what I mean? So, and, and that hurt. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of stuff stung because, uh, you know, there's a reality like, you know, maybe you're not good enough. Mm. You know what I mean? And you're clearly not signed to be a hockey player. You just, you thought you're going to go out there and pretend to be a hockey player this weekend and it was going to be great for you. Like, 
get back in line with us. You know what I mean? Get a beer or whatever. I don't know. I just... It's a lot of mental health yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but the best part about that was is that they kept calling. So I ended up playing like 16 to 20 games that year. And I actually, for the same team? For the same team. And then my, my last games that I got to play that year were for the Aces because they had this, they had a similar predicament where they were out of players. And so they called me for a weekend to play. So, so you, you just like give a, you yeah. get on the ice yeah. and you're like, like, I'm oh. back, motherfucker. Yeah, and I'm on the right jersey. <laughs> you sons of bitches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I loved it and it felt great and it felt good. And I was like, you know, and then they changed coaches that year and I had a very uh, positive relationship with a new coach. And so he was going to give me a shot the next year, but then the same thing happened. Mm-hmm. Where they, they sent a guy down and, you know, I'm unproven, I'm unestablished, and, you know, you kind of kind of toe the line as a as an affiliate, which the Aces were. And so, uh, you know, you got to take that player over over the other one, and the other one was me. So here I was back on, uh, you know, back sitting there on the edge of my bed, like wondering, like, oh, man, like I hadn't even thought about anything about what I was going to do or want to do. And... uh got really lucky that one of the players on the Idaho team that year was playing for the Utah team. And uh, something happened with the guy that they thought was going to be their enforcer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, money is an issue because it was a veteran-laden team. So, you know, it's not like you could say, hey, uh, come down here and, you know, get in fistfights with us every night of the week for, you know, pennies. So he was like, well, there's a guy in Alaska that I think is a decent hockey player, I guess. and, And I think he wants to be a tough guy. At least he pretended to be. You know what I mean? He wrote that on his resume. Yeah, he looks like tough guy. He, he looks like he might be able to, you know. Tough guy from 1995 <laughs> yeah. to 2002. And we can pay him nothing. Yeah. You know, and he'll show Damn. up probably. And so I got another early phone call. And uh, and this guy named Jason Christie, they call him Smurf because he's like five foot six and maybe 230 pounds. Damn, gre- stocky. Greasy, yeah. mu- greasy <laughs> mullet, really bad uh, goatee. Talk like a, you know, you know, <laughs> oh. just, yeah, one of those guys, but great hockey guy. Um, really appreciated, you know, the, you know, all facets of the game because he was a skilled player in his day, but he loved the tough guys because mm. the tough guys were the ones that looked out for him. Uh, so he's like, hey, JJ, um, how's 300 bucks a week sound? You, you, you interested? You know what I mean? And I was at that point. To move, yeah, and to be there, yeah, three hundred bucks a week, yeah. So, uh, damn, I was like, yeah, sure. When can you know, like, you know, and I and I think I said something dumb that I won't say, but I said, yeah, I'll be a runaway, blah blah blah, which I'm not proud of. Um, but I was being funny. I thought, and it's not funny now to to, to use terminology like that. But I was trying to paint a, I was trying to make a point about just how desperate I would be, sure, yeah. to be on the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for 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 giving me an opportunity and I can't wait to be there. And, and, uh, so that's what happened. That's how I eventually made my way onto a professional hockey team was by, uh, you know, happenstance and, and, uh, somebody's, you know, right calls at the right time. Yeah, I got a few questions. So this team, what league was that in? Same league as the aces. They played the aces. Same division. Okay. The Utah Grizzlies, Salt Lake city. That's a good name. Yep. It's a good name and also a good place. Um, great place. And then, but so, you said, you know, and I'm familiar with this term, but also there might be people like me that don't know much about hockey, enforcer. Yeah. And so what does that mean? So basically what it means is um, in you think about, you know, the NHL draft, NBA draft, NFL draft, you have these young players that are coming up every year. It's just, it's, it's, it's life. You know, out with the old, in with the new. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, in a sport, you know, like football and hockey, um, you have to mature and progress um, in order, you know, to make to, to be able to make the team or be worthy of, of, of being called up and to ascend to where the team thought your your mm. potential, you know, lies. And so, but in hockey, you know, these are some rough places that you're going to go into play in the minors where you're kind of cutting your teeth. And uh, if you're scared to play, you're not really going to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to do the things you need to do as a skilled player or whatever to, you know, get confidence because we all know without confidence you're going to struggle in life, whether that's, athletics or anything else if it's just walking into a room yeah i'm just walking into a room yeah. and say hey you know you, you want me to work for you you know yeah. what i mean i can do the job and um, i'm trying to get backstage at a rock show so <laughs> just walk confidently so you have to have a you have to have a guy that's uh willing to you know throw down and uh, hopefully in the simplest <laughs> definition yeah, yeah. of the word and so willing to throw down and so what goes with that is 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 a uh an honesty you know, humility about like, hey, you're not here to score goals. You're here to uh, be a Pro- cheerleader. Protect our investments. Protect our investments. Yes. Um, and show up when we need you to. Yeah. Huh. You know, which is, uh, yeah, I think about the psychology of that now, but very simple, but still very hard. Yeah. And that's when I talk about the gift of anger that my mother gave me. Suited the, suited me very well for this. Because, sure. you know, I knew how to turn it on and turn it off, you know. See, uh, I, I can't. I can't imagine, like, sometimes it's like, oh, all right, we got another podcast today. Like, let's do it. I got to get into the zone. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine being like, I got to fight someone today. Yeah. Like, and getting into that zone. Yeah. And so, like, did you have a process of being it, like? It wasn't It wasn't good for sleeping. Um, I bet. <laughs> but what, what helped me was I would watch this video called All Heart. It was a tribute video to Wendell Clark. And they played a Metallica song mm. during the. So music is what got. You. Yeah, so it was the music. Dun, dun, and, when dun, dun. I, and when I say music, you know, there's things that are get expressed in music, and for me, I wanted to represent that. Mm. You know, whether it was like you know, you know, being uh, more, more, uh, being in the moment, being present. You know, um, you know, having a heart, um, having something that's worth giving. You know what I mean? Having, you know, a being someone that can suffer and, and survive and, and succeed. And then it was like, you know, you're listening to hardcore metal or or hip hop or whatever. It was like, hey, I'm a bad, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm not We scared. totally get Dude, it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every I listen. day. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, God. I mean, just to say, like, getting in the zone for this podcast, and it's so weird, but I, I mean, like, sometimes I'll listen to stand up. And just be like, all right, you know, talking or whatever. Yeah. But most of the time, and like, I'm not embarrassed to say this, but some people will, it's my guilty some pleasure. Some people will cringe. Blimp Biscuit. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. And it's just like, I just, I break get, something. Dude, exactly. Breaks. I listen to that pulling up into this parking lot, like break stuff. Mm-hmm. Break your fucking face tonight. It's like, yep. oh, all right, let's fucking yeah. go. Yeah. I'm ready for a, I'm ready for a podcast. Steven totally told me he's going to challenge you to a fist fight. <laughs> Like he, he was no. like, I'm gonna do it today. I, my, I, I give my head is. I give him the first one. My head is as big as your <laughs> biceps. There's yeah. no way. He told. He was whispering it to me <laughs> before fucking, we started. Yeah. Do not, <laughs> fuck you, Kyle. Yeah. Don't say. Don't worry, Rick and Carol. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take good but, care of your son. But when I <laughs> we say, should do a video though. But when I say that, there's you know I was afraid. You know, it's point blank. I was afraid. You know, uh, losing losing a fight. Getting into. You know, whether it's sixth grade off the bus or you know in front of six thousand fans or whatever, yeah. like. 
you know, losing in front of your teammates. Yeah. Your teammates don't want you to lose. Yeah. You know, I wasn't a guy my teammates hated, so I know they want, generally want, probably wanted to see me not lose the fight. Yeah. Um, and then there's the stress because I was undersized for that role. Most guys are, you know, six three to six foot eight or nine, two hundred and sixty some pounds, and maybe to a lot of steroids, and yeah. maybe kind of li have lived that life since they were sixteen. Whereas you know in Canada it was different than the states, and so it was a it was constantly having to uh, deal with fear. Yeah, because uh, I mean, like let's let's break this down a little bit because a couple things like you and my wife was I, I was telling her about the podcast tonight, and she's like. And I, sh I showed her your, your most famous fight. And she was like, it's so weird that they're allowed to do that. And and so mm -hmm. why is fighting allowed in hockey? Like, at least until somebody goes down, essentially, right? It's it, uh, I mean, still to, a penalty. To, to keep the game honest. Okay. Probably is the simplest way I can explain it. If you have one team that is uh, way more aggressive... And maybe has an element of that unpredictability, which is what we all fear the most: is things that are unpredictable. Sure. Um, you know, and and you know, an obvious willingness to want to get low down and dirty with you. Like if you don't have that element on your team, it's going to be a long night. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of to even the. It's it's to say like this is going one way, and we want to pull it back yeah. to kind of even ground. Oh, I don't want to get out the bus. Yeah, because I know what's in store for us, and we're in Binghamton, New York. We know what, what, hey. what you know. Uh, you know, I just want to get right back on the bus and get the hell out of here. Right. Or uh, you know what? Yeah, we got uh, we got Johnny, we got Mike, we got Bill, we got Zane. We're good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, and so what happens is your teammates are still a little bit tall on the bench, and uh, they're not so worried about that because they know that you're there to kind of level the playing field. And what that means is, all right, you got a guy, we got a guy. All right, as long as everybody's kind of watching their P's and Q's here, they'll do what they got to do, and then we just, we'll just play the hockey game. Gotcha. But if you've got a team that's kind of stepping in a line and taking some, um, mm. taking liberties is what it's called on your team, whether that's, you know, getting a little, you know, giving extra stuff after the whistle. Sure. You know, messing with your goalie, messing with your best players. Yep. Uh, you know, hitting guys when they're in vulnerable positions, because we all know there's a certain part of the, certain part of the game that's kind of supposed to be main, you know, there's a, there's an integrity right. that needs to be maintained. And when it's not being maintained, then it's your job to kind of go out there and be like, hey, that's not something that's going to be allowed tonight. And so now either I'm going to make somebody pay or, your guy needs to come out here. We need to get this. We need to get this over with, so we can get back to the you know playing a good, honest hockey game. Yeah, and uh, so you know, having so, that element keeps the game honest. <laughs> that's okay. That's an interesting way to put it. So walk me through this really quick because I'm trying to picture it. Is like so basically this guy taking liberties mm -hmm. on the other team, and they'd be like, "Hey, JJ, oh get, yeah, go get him." Oh yeah. It's, and then, so, but then, like, you would, like, check them or something. Like, how would, how would that start? So how that would start would be if someone against, you know, and I had to deal with this a lot till I kind of got established, and that would be where, you know, you'd have a guy like that, and like, I don't know who this guy is. Like, he's five foot ten or five foot eleven on, on his best day. I'm six, four, six foot four warhead, you know what <laughs> I mean, 250 pounds, and he should be afraid of me. I've never seen any of his fights on YouTube or whatever, and... <laughs> Everyone's heard of me. I'd knock people out for fun and, you know, chew nails, spit bullets Damn. kind of guy. You know, my nickname's Hardhead or something, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, you, you, you'd test me. You know, yeah. what I mean? you, you would think that, hey, I'm King Kong out here. I'll do whatever the hell I want. You know what I mean? And so that's my job to be like, uh, actually, no, wait a minute. You know, you're not going to do Excuse whatever the hell me. you want. So, you know, I jump on the ice and, hey, 
And he'd like, oh, yeah, really? And uh, yeah, we, you, know, you drop the gloves and you'd have a fight. Ooh. So, okay. For, all right. I, I mean, because this is a while. I've never been in a fight. Yeah. I, I trained boxing. I just wanted to flex a little bit. Uh, but like, I'd never been in a fight. Yeah. Right? So like, just to get out there and then to be like, let's go. That's, mm -hmm. first off, I have anxiety for you and fear. Mm -hmm. But so, I mean, like, so when you're sitting on the bench and you're like, are you just watching him, watching them, and then being like, are you getting angry? Are you feeling that like temper rise up? And, or are you just like, it's like coach is like, you're in. And then you're just like, boom. Like, I, how did I explain that? Cause I, I'm, I'm really curious. I preferred it that way because when it was that way, it was like, hey, you better do something right here, right now. And so when you hopped over the boards, I had that whole thing of fear, you know, and then the yeah. adrenaline rush to the whole thing. But I was not confused. I knew exactly what needed to happen in that moment. And then I just had to rise to the occasion and not let my teammates down. You know what I mean? When you got older, then there's a lot more gamesmanship. You know what I mean? You don't right. want to fight the wrong time. You don't want to give a team a chance to kind of gain momentum by mm -hmm. giving their guy a fight when you don't, when the team is playing well and you're doing well, the crowd is into it or vice versa. You're on the road, you're playing well. You know what I mean? You don't want to give a fight to their tough guy and get their crowd right. in it kind of thing. So I preferred in that moment, we're like, hey, this is your time to do what we are. We need you to do right now. And so, you know, I'd go out there with, with, uh, you know, as you, you know, cliche, you know, with my sword and my shield and, and, uh, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't have to be worried about getting in trouble. Um, coach know. told me to come out <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, cause once you get to that level, it's expected that I don't have to tap you, you know, because right, that would be, know. that would be very tacky if a coach, yeah. if a coach did that, outwardly and everyone in the rings, oh, you see me just told him to go out there and get in a fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, once you get to a certain level, like, you know what you're supposed to You know, to if do. the coach puts you on the ice and you, haven't been, and you haven't been on the ice for two periods. Right. That's what you're there for. You know what I mean? People yeah. are like, we yeah. know what he does. Yeah. Okay. All, now all of a sudden he's on the ice. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, and, and usually it's your job to kind of, you know, find a way to have more effective shifts or whatever. And, and then it's easier to find those fights because, you know, hey, if I'm a coach and I'm, and I'm playing you a consistent shift, I expect you to get out there, give us energy, play with an edge, have the other team kind of worried about you or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I want to I play off of that. You know what I mean? I want them to take penalties. I want them to be scared. I want them to be concerned. I want them to know, like, hey, I'm playing my guy. Right. You know, I mean, my guy's playing well. He's not hurting the team. He's not hurting the defensive zone. He's not taking silly penalties or whatever. Um, and you know, we'll see what happens or whatever. I'd, that's what a coach would prefer. Sure. And then have things be spontaneous. Right. You know what I mean? When things are staged, it's got a completely different feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, I don't know if I made 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 the point there, but you know. I mean, when when there is a uh, when there is an event or something has happened that was reprehensible or whatever that was you know someone kind of you know went a little extra there, and you jump out there, it's spontaneous. It's in the moment, you know. It's the right time, and and here you go, um, you know. And, and if and if and like and like I was talking about earlier, if I'm playing a regular shift or whatever, and you're not, and the other guy's not playing, maybe that means I haven't done enough for that coach to feel like he needs to put his guy out there. Yeah. So, so you got to start so like pushing some buttons. Little strategy yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it just depends on how the game is going, whether you're home or away, you know what I mean? Um, cause if you're a guy that's kind of what you call liability, 
um, you're not likely to see a lot of ice time. Right. Or whatever. Well, I mean, there's a, a lot of, um, like you're saying, it's, it's, there's certain circumstances that are going on and you kind of have to, in, in all sports, like once you kind of understand the deep strategy of what's yeah. going on, momentum yeah. and with the crowds and, and penalty minutes and, and score, like all the things are at play that you kind of have to be aware of. Cause people are like, why doesn't he just get out there and fight? And it's like, well, right. there's a lot of things in strategy that goes into it that people just are not aware yeah. of. They just want the entertainment. Yeah. And I, I can't help, but the way I see this is when you're out there and you're squaring off against somebody in front of an audience, like how aware are you of that situation? And what are you thinking in that moment when you are about to fight somebody on skates? Because that's another thing. Like, yeah, well, how do you learn how to say. fight on skates? That's why it's, it's <laughs> can't a, really practice a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Um, a lot of extra time on the rink before or after practice with somebody say. kind of help you out. Tussle, but I think for oh, me, okay, so there is practice. I think I think fear played a lot into me being able to do it. Where when you're afraid and you're concerned and you're worried and you're being honest about this person might beat you up or hurt you, right? Things would get quiet and I would breathe. When I played the game, I wouldn't breathe. I'd be very frenetic. You know, everything was a frenzy, and it probably you know made me less of an effective hockey player with the puck. And you know, offensively speaking, but when I fought, I breathed. Hmm. You know what I mean? I was uh, concerned about what was about to happen, anxious, nervous, the whole thing. And uh, what happens is just things things get slower. Um, sure. You know, you focus a lot harder. Yeah. Um, and then once you're in the thick of it, you just go. Right. It's very and, reactive. And uh, you go out of sheer um, will, um, kill or be killed, I hate saying that because it's cliche or whatever, but I mean, that's really what it is. Yeah. Um, no one wants to see somebody just kind of fending somebody off for a minute. You know what I mean? They want to see two willing combatants, you know, um, you know, and I'd hate to be that guy because, you know, I grew up here in Anchorage and I, I'd go to the rink on Friday and Saturday nights to watch the Aces and I hated when guys did that. So I never wanted to be that guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I oh, wanted to be somebody that, you know, people thought was uh, bringing it, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'd heard, I'd heard the jeers, I'd heard them from my friends about you're not very good at being a tough guy, you know, or, or uh, like I don't know if that's for you. Um, <laughs> you, you lost. And then when you're fighting someone, you like that yeah. person comes up. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen you win a fight. And, uh, I'll show them. Uh, and then, and then there was the whole thing about being on the team. You know, not being right. confused. Like this is why I'm on the team. This is what they expect out of me. I need to. Um, check this box yeah you know what i mean because you know that skate back from the penalty box back to your bench is one of the best feelings that i've ever experienced as a human being is to see your teammates cheering you on and and, and mm, giving you the stick yeah give, so explain give that information so typically after a fight you'll see certain team members mm -hmm. banging their sticks on the wall it's kind of like a clap yes. essentially for a good yep a job well done whether it was oh, yeah it, not always when you win, though, is it? I mean, it's just essentially for a good fight. It's a good for you, fucking right, JJ. Yeah. You showed up. Like, yeah. thank you. Like, we're acknowledging it's a, it's a respect thing, too. Right. Mm. You know, because, you know, let's be honest. Like, a lot of guys aren't going to do you know, that. I, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't mind telling people that I was afraid. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Like, because uh, I think it's just, I need to be honest about it. You I know? think you'd be I mean, kind of a psycho if you weren't. Yeah, I was, you know, I 
loved showing up for my teammates. Sure. I loved showing up for myself. I loved earning my spot on the team. I loved feeling like I was worthy of where I was at. You know what I mean? But getting to that, getting to that emotion and that realization was 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 pretty tough. That was a rough thirty to a minute and a half you had Especially to go through for to get that three hundred bucks a week. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. not it's not much. It's like you're like I'm willing to get uh, brain damage, yep. lose my teeth. I mean, I don't know how well the insurance yep. was, but probably not much. And so it's like you're playing in your fighting, but you have such a love for, for like the team. Mm -hmm. It seems and like. You're like, that's what fuels me to do a good job for my boys. Thank God for Ruby Tuesdays. I would not have survived. I would just destroy that that uh, that salad bar. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd take two tins out of there. And luckily for me, the, the hostess never said a word. But yeah. Yeah. You just stocked up on all the food. Like, I, yeah. If she did say it's anything, be like, this is me on YouTube, all right? Yeah. 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 You don't want this. Yeah. yeah. The, the two things that come up, I always think of. Um, because essentially like it's two teams sending out their, their, their tough guys to mm -hmm. fight each other. And I always think of the situation in the movie, Troy, where it's Brad Pitt. Comes oh, and, and, and Orlando Bo Bloom. No, no. And Boagrius at the beginning, because that's, I mean, oh, that's mm -hmm. how they used to settle lots of battles for millennia is we're going to send out our best fighter. You send out your best fighter and we can save everybody else from the slaughter. Yes. If we just fight you too. Yep. And you know, the young boy goes to, get brad pitt who's achilles and he's like he was the biggest man i'd ever seen i wouldn't want to fight him and he, yep. he says the famous line like that's why no one's ever going to remember you and it's like yep. that's kind of like the mindset i think you probably have to have is fear is normal yep. in a situation like that but it's like rising to the job that most of those guys on the bench don't want yeah. they're you know either there to score goals they're there to play defense or whatever they're not there to fight mm -hmm. like you are so it's like kind of a cool job at the end yeah. of the day it was really cool but you know there was always that feeling when i when i knew that i'd have somebody on the team that was going to be formidable right you know you're, you're tying your skates and you're looking around and you're just like man i would love to know what it feels like to not have to worry to not have to worry about like <laughs> to, to know that no one expects me to get in the fight yeah. <laughs> they just want to see me skate around the puck and yeah. look pretty and and, and make yeah. fun plays and you know maybe <laughs> score or whatever but then here i am i'm just like people accept expect me to do that. And the hand combat, yeah. you know what I mean, on skates, you know, and uh, you know, I would never be like, oh, wish I was bigger, you know what I mean. Sure. It was just, it's just the it's way just it, was. it was. I was an undersized guy, and so I think that's where a lot of the fear came from. How, uh, how tall are you? Uh, five eleven. See, but that's not in me, like in like undersized. Like I wasn't like being like looking down, right? So like you're still a pretty tall guy. Yeah, we're talking in that. And you were fighting, you said like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, 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 Yeah, the video that you were talking about earlier, yeah. that guy was 6'9", 270. Yeah. Damn. Like yeah. a Zidane Chara or somebody yeah. Bro, is I, that's insane. seven foot on skates. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty crazy. That's that's insane. I can't even reach up there, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you'd find a way. Yeah. <laughs> in the moment, you'd find a way. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So uh, tell me about playing in, in an NHL game. Like, well, what was that? What, you, how you did you get? I mean, let's yeah. yeah, let's let's not skip ahead, Kyle. Well, how did you? So, I mean, like, you're in this league, you know, getting paid 300 bucks a week, and, you know, fighting your ass off, and then what? What happens next? You know, how what, do you find yourself what, what, in different? What, what happens next is you come back the next year. They change coaches. Um, there's a whole lot, of, whole lot of stuff going on, and so you find yourself, you know, on an airplane to somewhere else. And for me, that was Cincinnati. And uh, luckily for me, it was a team that really wanted me. 
And, uh, you know, at, at that point I knew I, there was, there was nothing, um, there was nothing I was, um, wasn't sure of, you know, I knew like it was, they expect me to come and to protect their younger players and to go out there and be a good teammate, be a cheerleader. You know what I mean? How old were you at this point? I was, uh, 27, I think. Okay. 26, and, they, and these like other players that are playing, like the younger players were like how old? 18, 19. Hot years damn, old. really? Mm-hmm. And all those kids come out. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. And okay. uh, you know you're 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 a babysitter. You know what I mean. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to lose sight of what your dream is. You know, I was. You know, you had to be realistic or whatever. And like, you know, no one's looking at me like I'm gonna be the guy that's gonna go all the way. Right. But at the same time, if I'm here. And that's why they want me here. Well, I need to do it as best as I can do it. And so what happened was is I just kind of went all in. Um, I was in a, a division in the East Coast Hockey League where it was nothing but just, uh, it was a jungle. You know what I mean? So coming from the Aces division uh, and the Utah division, like it was harder to find guys that were willing to fight. Whereas when, we, when I went to Cincinnati, every team had, you know, one guy that was very established and then two or three other guys that wanted to be established just like him too. So mm. I always had a dance partner. And so that was where I really learned. I mean, I, I couldn't really even get my hands in my pockets that year just from my hands being bruised. Um, but you know what? I was doing it. I was playing every night. Uh, the coaches would give me bonuses and raises, you know, for my efforts. And so it was a good year. You you know? Know. So you were making a little bit more than 300 bucks? I was a making a little, at, at that point, I was making oh, a little good. more. And then, you know what? Good. And since I played college, I heck, I could play the game. Um, so I got to play in a good line, and so I got to play in the power play, scored some goals or whatever. And so what that made me is that made me more of a target. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I'm standing in front of your net and your defenseman's scared to get rough with me or whatever, it's going to be a lot for, a lot easier for me to stand your goalie's way, you know, right. make it harder for your goalie to see. And then, you know, your defensemen are scared because I'm trying to run them to the wall 100 miles per hour. Yeah. And so now I had guys tapping me <laughs> on the shoulder, you know what I mean, like coming after me. And so that was different, where now I had to be the guy to be like, nah, maybe next period, you know mm. what I mean, because your coach forbade you from fighting. Sure. And, you know, we go back into that gamesmanship. Of, like, of course they want you to fight because you're being effective. Can we just go with the you being a hockey player first for a while? Which is, you sure? You sure you don't want me to, you know, fight? You don't want guys? me to fight? Yeah, so... Uh, it was a great year. I played for a really good coach, uh, Chuck Weber, who who treated me like a hockey player, mm. you know, but utilized some other things right. that I like to do or, or was willing to do. I should say willing to do. And uh, it was a good season. And so after that, just because of I had been such a good player for him in, in terms of like uh, you know, being a good citizen and, and being coachable, he let me pick where I wanted to go the next year. And so I was like, I want to go play for the Aces now. It was my home, uh, my triumphant return. Mm. You know, I was finally on the aces, and I'd, I was finally established where I wasn't going to be the guy that was going to get cut. Right. You know, when I had agreed to come back, it was like, you will not be cut because somebody from the American League comes down and take your spot, so you'll be on the team. So I had that and got to finally be the last case, and, and for me, that was that was the pinnacle of what I was really looking for. Huh. Nice. Yeah. So what was that coming home, the first game back? Like? Uh, it was awesome, and then I broke my hand. So it kind of, you know, that was a, that was a stinker of a yeah. of an event. It broke you know. one of the guns. Yep. So, uh, you know, it, but it ended up being a good thing because I met a guy named Matt Mann who was, uh, you know, in a, a distinguished military career, and he actually taught me how to throw a real punch. Mm. And so I credit him big time because after that, I never ever hurt my hand ever again. You were all DIY before. I that. was just you yeah, weren't. That's, that's what I, was ask. I was just swinging. Yeah. So you never learned, never no. took a class. No. Oh man. It was all effort, bro. <laughs> um. 
you know, Jeezy don't say all guts, but yeah, that's what it was. And it was just, you know, all right, get in a fight, try to win. Right. And then um, through that, you know, I would, you know, I would go through some tactical things with some jujitsu guys yeah, or whatever, but never really serious. Because like I said, I was only making what I was making and I was at home finally. Right. And now was, and that was time to audition for people to hire me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I want to, that that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, I'm going to go out here and be this big popular Alaska ace and everyone's going to want to give me a nice job. Mm. You know what I mean? That was what was on my head, what I was thinking. And uh, I had a girlfriend that I thought I was going to be with. She had a child and and I was all in on, you know, the last case. I had no other uh, worldly ambitions in from hockey other You're than like, just, you know. This was my dream. I achieved yep, it. And I achieved it and uh, had a good year. Played for a great coach, Brent Thompson. Um, and uh, was uh, committed to the youth hockey community or youth hockey community. I was coaching a team with my friend Merritt Waldrop and uh, I was all in on that and uh, was flying to Detroit to play in some highfalutin uh, U16 tournament with and I had a call from uh, Ron Hextall who was the assistant general manager of the Los Angeles Kings and <clears throat> I thought it was just like a you know we, we hear you're you know a former hockey player and he's black and it's not coaching kids or whatever so I thought it was about you know one of those kind of programs maybe the Kings want to do because it's at Los Angeles. He didn't really give me any ideas about why why he was calling me in the, in the voicemail. So get off the plane. I I, I uh, call the number back while I'm walking to the baggage claim, and he's uh, talks you know real tough. He's from I don't I forget where he's from, but wherever it is, it must be a hard place. But uh, <laughs> he said uh, you know we we've got this guy named Kevin Westgarth, and we're, we're thinking he's going to be up with the with the big club this year, and we're looking for someone to kind of that need in the minor league level and, and I'm hearing that Europe would be a great replacement uh, for him and I'm just like really? you know like because that's how I'd, I had learned to watch how to fight by watching these videos and watching these guys that played in the American League mm -hmm. and so to hear him say that we'd like to see if you can play in this league and fight these guys now that wasn't something that was ever in my periphery hmm. so I was 100% reluctant and not eager to go. Like I said, I had a girlfriend. I was playing for the Aces, and I was enjoying all that was coming from being the hometown local guy. Yeah. You know, because I'd been involved in hockey camps, and I had lots of really great relationships with, with kids and, you know, their parents, and that I was I was getting a lot from, you know, organically, you know, that sure. I enjoyed and made me feel good about myself. And I was happy. Uh, I was satisfied. And uh, I said, hey, can I call Can I call my coach and 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 tell him about this and we can figure this out. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, because in my head I was thinking, well, I'm not going for some token tryout, you know what I mean? And, and then I come back and then there's that thing, like I told you, when I got to play that emergency call-up thing with the Aces and I got, you know, that... Traitor stuff. You suck. You yeah, know, you're yeah. not. You think, you, you think you're a professional hockey player? You think you can do that? You know what I mean? You think you're, you're that guy? You think you're worthy or you're good enough or tough enough or whatever? I didn't want to go through that by going to a tryout and then being unceremoniously dismissed and sent home to be like, yeah. what were you thinking anyways? Back where you belong. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I was, I had those thoughts in my head and, you know, like, you know, fancy myself, uh, not a pretty boy, but you know, you know, I didn't want my nose to be all crooked and, <laughs> you know, I didn't want all those, those, you know, you know, these guys, don't, they're missing teeth and yeah. their, their face looks like a roadmap literally. And, uh, so I, I call Brent and I go, hey, I, I just got a call from so-and-so, Mike, uh, Ron Hexley. He's like, what, who? You know, and he's like, yeah. And so like, can, can you talk to him, please? Because I'd rather not just like, if it's not like a real thing, I'd rather just assume like, just 
you know, which he enjoyed hearing because he knew I was committed to, right. to being here and I wasn't trying to be one of those enterprising players that just wanted to call up because that's really what guys want. Usually, you'd yeah. hope that. And that's really what you want. You want guys that want to play at the next level because then they're committed and they're better athletes and more productive. Um, whereas I was, you know, the opposite. I kind of like, you know, I want to be. I want to happy. I want to be right here. Yeah, you know, um, being that guy for the for the Alaska Aces and Bob Lester. You know, make me, yeah, look, feel, and sound like a like a legend or whatever. You know, right. And uh, he called me back and said, "No, you got to go." And I was like, "Shit!" You know. Then I had to rehearse the whole thing about telling my girlfriend or what at the time that hey, I'm going to go try to be a hockey player. I guess. And, uh, yeah, the rest was history. I showed up, and it was like fantasy camp. You know what I mean? You're All these guys are, you know, draft picks, and some guys have played in the NHL even, and you're you're amongst them. And uh, you're getting treated like you're on the team. Right. You know, and, which I was still, you know, I had that the healthy paranoia from my background of, you know, you know, nothing's ever been given to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where they kind of, you know, right when I got there, they made me feel very comfortable, like, hey, you're on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you're not, you know, a fraud, and, and it worked out. And so from there, long, I'm sorry I'm going on a long tangent, but, you know, played for in that organization for a few years, and then uh, Brent was with the New York Islanders. So he brought me over to play on that minor league team, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Uh, the guy they had there who I think is pound for pound maybe the toughest guy I've ever seen, uh, Brent Klon had some shoulder issues. And um, they went through a season, or they survived a season where he had torn his shoulder, his labrum, so he missed the whole year, and so they just got trashed really mm-hmm. kind of you know they got run out of every building and that's that was not their team motto their team motto was be one of the toughest teams in the league always but because they only had one guy you know and everybody already had their guy they kind of had to play the balance of that season that previous season without like a legitimate you know thing and, and coming into this year they had some high-end players um that they were had high hopes for and so they just were not going to go at it with only one guy so yeah. they brought me in to you know, be in addition to Brett. And so whether one of us got hurt or suspended, <laughs> uh, hopefully somebody <laughs> will be, you know, able to be in the lineup. And, you know, they sat me down when I got there and they said, hey, we're not trying to win the championship. We just want to see our players develop and we want them to go out there confident that, uh, that you know, they're not going to take any, they're not going to deal with any bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, bullshit being people taking liberties on them, picking on them, sticking them, chirping them, you know, and uh, all's good here. Okay, pretty clear mandate. Yeah, and it's an uh, easy job description. Yeah, and uh, you know, at that point, I had you know gone through the breakup, single now or whatever, angry about it or hurt or whatever. Um, you know, contemplating like, man, what am I doing here? Like, I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm babysitting a bunch of twenty year olds, and uh, all my friends are getting established. They're buying homes and having their second or third kid and getting promotions and you know, building, and some even building homes or whatever. What am I doing? You know, I'm making a decent wage, but nothing that, you know, I can li- you know, right. live on all summer without, you know, sub- sub- uh, subsidizing or supplementing with hockey camp, you know, sure. fees from, you know, working with these, these hockey camps or schools. And uh, I uh, just kind of tapped into that whole uh, hurt, angry uh, thing that I had going. And it uh, turned out to be a, a really productive year for me as, in terms of playing that role. And uh, they they chose to reward me, and uh, give me a call up and give me a chance to kind of see what I could do at that next level. And uh, yeah, I think I thank God for that because I think I have the perspective of you know it's all worth it. 
um, no matter what you go through. Because I think, unfortunately, we, we all know people who kind of have taken their teeth a little bit and kind of chose to give up and, and uh, choose to do something else. Whereas for me, I kind of have that, you know, it's worth it. You know, sure, you yeah. just got to do a little bit of bullshit, but, um, you know, a good attitude and a healthy effort, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. So how, how old were you when you got the call? Up? 32. 32. Which is insane, but yeah, it was. Because that's old. For In lack hockey. of better, that's older for. That's old, yeah. Yeah. I'm ancient. Yeah, because, I mean, when you you talk about this, these kids are getting, yeah. they're 20, 19 years old coming up, oh, yeah. these these absolute studs, and then you're kind of 32, well, and you're I mean, defend- okay, you're an absolute stud. A, a different I, type I was, of stud. I was, Let's just, I, I was trying or pretending to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, what I'm saying is the 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 scores that you're defending, yeah. yeah, the, the all-stars that you were defending right. and standing up for. And so it's like, what was that like? You get the call, your first game, you suit up. Was it a different experience oh. getting on that? Like It was like, what am I doing here? Really? <laughs> you know, how did I get here? I, I feel like the ice is crumbling hmm. beneath me. Like, what's wrong with the ice? You know what I mean? I, yeah. Like, yeah, why is it cracking? They got different ice here. Yeah. <laughs> and people are all along the glass, and they've got their signs up, and they got the people that they're, they're fans of yeah. and booing you because we were in New Jersey. It was a road game. And... uh your whole, um, you're confused. Yeah. Really. I guess, uh, uh, in short, I could say I, I was confused. Like, how did I get here? Like, wow, this really happened. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can't believe everything I ever wanted since I was a little kid uh, to get on, you know, NHL ice sheet um, for real. Yeah. It wasn't a dream. It was like, there. this is not a dream. This is actually really happening. I'm out, uh, you know, that, that song, let me take a selfie, you know, dah, 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 you know, I don't know if you yeah. remember that, just that ridiculous song or whatever. It's For playing, sure. It's playing in warmups and I'm like, what am I like, what am I doing here? I got to you know fight I mean? somebody. Like, I'm going to fight somebody. You, you, know, <laughs> you know, pay attention. You're up next in the line for the warmups and you know, you're, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're there and you're expected to perform. Yeah. You know, so there, then there was that whole. You know, I think that was the nervousness is like, okay, well, when you're there, they expect you not to dis- uh, disgrace the game. Sure. Anyway, but, you know, because there's a lot of things you, you do in the minor leagues, you know, like, you know, skating other teams' warm ups, you know, sticking people in warm ups, trying to fight people in warm ups, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. all kinds of shenanigans that just are not acceptable. <laughs> Interesting. And, 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 and I was told very clearly, like, don't do this. Don't do anything <laughs> weird that you've been doing for years. <laughs> Take whatever you've yeah. done the last 10 years yeah, and don't do any of it. Be somewhat normal, oh. you know, and just try to play the game and see what happens. Um, and they had uh, Yarma Yager and Patrick Eliash and Martin Brodeur, and uh, they had that famous general manager, Lou Lamorello. Yeah. So uh, for me to go out there and to be weird was would not have gone over very well. And I was told very clearly to just, you know, mind your P's and Q's and just play the game. Which for me, I hadn't heard that in a long time. Sure. You, you just, just, just play the game. Like, like, try to score. Yeah, try to score. Like, so get, you, coach, I think I'm going to hit somebody. You yeah. weren't, no, 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 you weren't really like an enforcer. I mean, I was there because you know to play that role. But right. in that particular game, you know, against that particular team, that part of the season, um, you know, no one was looking for that. You know what I mean? They, right. had, they had guys called up. We had guys called up. And I was one of the guys that was called up. It was, you know, play the game. And, you know, in the minors, teams have mandates and, and they have certain players that they want to see progress a certain way during the season. And so guys like me end up kind of 
you know, depending on your, you know, your ability or, you know, what the lineup looks like that night, maybe not playing as much. Yeah. And here I was all of a sudden playing in the NHL and the coach is saying, we're rolling, we're rolling. And that was his code, code phrase for, I'm not going to tell you who's up next. You just, we're going to go one, two, three, four, and I'm on the fourth line. And so every time McDonald comes off the rink, you go on the rink. Yeah. You know, and I remember when he said that, I go to the guy next to me that I'd been playing with, and I was called up with Brett and another guy named Mike Homo, and I go, what does that mean? He goes, well, that means we're playing a regular shift. Every time every time he gets off the ice, you go on the ice, number 13. I go, really? Yeah, 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 man. Like, yeah. figure the fuck, like. Yeah, put it together. Like, we're playing in the NHL. There's 20,000 people here. Like, things are happening fast. Holy shit. You know, it's hockey, right? Because there's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a fluid game. Very much. It's not like football where there's whistles or whatever. So it's like. You know, and he wants to look good. The last thing he wants to be out there is carrying me around. You know what I mean? So yeah. that was just like, you better figure this. Like, we're, like we get to play. Like, you <laughs> should be happy. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun that night. Yeah, I bet. That, that is wild because when you say some of those names, like, those are names that, like, I grew up watching. Like, Yager, how old did he play till? I think he was definitely 40-something. Right. Yeah. Like, wow. which was fun. insane. So yep. that's really, like, that. I mean, like, I, I, I in, you know, in any my... professional sport, getting past, uh, I mean, it varies sport to sport, but 30s is is generally looked at as older yes. in most professional sports, mm-hmm. which is wild because yeah. now that we're we're uh, I'm 37 now as of, 34, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like I look at NHL games or NFL games and they're like, well, this guy's getting pretty old at 27, and mm-hmm. I'm like. 27 <laughs> yeah. Jesus, yeah. that that is young yeah you guys like that i mean obviously i was older but i wasn't you know wasn't of that caliber so wasn't i wasn't a special player oh, sure, but sure. To, to play at that level the way those guys do yeah you have to be very special to survive yeah mm-hmm. another thing that's changed now is if you've been signed or you've been drafted with any kind of relevance mm-hmm. you get a shot mm-hmm. right it didn't used to be that way um but you know as that game went on you know, you start to kind of get comfortable or whatever. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, go ahead and be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so with that, it was, you know, screaming at the other team. And it was, uh, you know, in between whistles. And I taking a sip of the Gatorade. And I was, and Yager was standing right in front of me. And I said, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he looked over and looked right at me and he laughed. Yeah. And then my bench laughed. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, but that really happened. Because yeah. that was just, it worked for, we were, we were winning. <laughs> Right. Um, the game was kind of, in, you know, I mean, we ended up having to go to a shootout, but the game was going well enough to where just it worked. You know what I mean? And that's what the coach expects you. He expects you to be into the game. Yeah. And right. It just occurred to me to tell Yammer Younger that he sucked. Yeah. So I did. And uh, I mean, I obviously regret it because, but it was funny. And yeah. He yeah. thought it was funny too because it's like, I've never heard of you, never will ever again. But yeah, that's funny that you said that to me. That was a good one. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I had fun with it. For sure. I mean, that's memories that, I mean, you can, it, no one else it will ever have. Like, being on the ice with some of those guys mm-hmm. and, and making it to the big show. But, like, you were at this age and you were probably contemplating a few things about what's next. Yep. And so, walk us through what you decided to do after hockey. I, uh... Got a little too highfalutin in, in terms of kind of what I wanted or expected to, to do it. Because I realized, you know, I was 33 and I was like, you know, I, I want I want to get paid this. Yeah, yeah. I should get paid this. Mm-hmm. And so I let I let that kind of run afoul um, or get ahead of kind of what, 
what was realistic for me. And so I ended up playing on the aces. And for me, I was content with that because it's like, oh, okay, now you get to come home and be a hero again. Yeah. Um, or people were excited about you playing the team, right? Sure. And um, then I was like, well, I'm 33, so this should be okay. But um, just there were some things that I had going on mentally where I was just kind of confused and, and um, struggling with in terms of uh, disappointments personally with, you know, with, with, with the ex and, and just like, well, man, I, am I coming home to, to try to get back together with somebody or am I coming home? Cause I don't want, I don't or shouldn't want to play hockey much longer or whatever. Like, what am I doing? And so it ended up being a rough year for me personally, hmm. uh, where I had to work some things out. And I was very, very lucky that I ended up getting another opportunity to play at the American league level the next year in Toronto. And so I moonlighted that year, uh, selling trucks for Lithia Chrysler Dodge. Um, you know, so I'd go home, take a nap, and I'd show up around, you know, 3 o'clock and hang out till 8, 8.30 or whatever. And if I was selling a car, then maybe you'd be there longer. And uh, I just, well, I wanted no part of that yet. I wasn't ready for it. Mm. Um, so I got to go play another year, and, and so I got to kind of uh, put that off mentally. And, and um, I was, at that point, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to play as long as I can. Yeah. And uh, I tore my hamstring. I had an avulsion tear in my hamstring, which means it's not going to heal on its own, so it has to be surgically repaired. Oh. If you if you tear it off the bone, it will not heal. But if you sure. tear the muscle body, belly, right. you just it's about rest and things like that, like we see in football and baseball. So it effectively ended my career because, you know, I only played eight games that year, and, you know, they weren't going to pay me a bunch of money to come back and play when I hadn't really played the year before. And so my friend uh, had a boss... That was that was flying up to Alaska to interview people uh, for a new position that they were gonna, you know, uh, provide. I guess, and uh, still kind of entertain the idea of playing hockey or whatever. But you know, a lot of these offers and opportunities didn't sound that great um, to go be a babysitter, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, to kind of feel like, hey, I'm kind of putting off real life here. Sure, um, you know, I I had things that I wanted that I knew I wasn't gonna get playing hockey anymore. And so I just needed, I just needed something to, uh, to give me enough of a push to be like, okay, all right, now's the time. And I got that. I met this guy named Jeff Thomason who uh, played in the NFL for a number of years. was a was a tight end. Uh, played with Brett Favre, so he had all kinds of funny stories. And I just fell in love with the guy uh, at Kaladi Brothers. Hmm. There, knew the guy and uh, offered me the job. And um, you know, I had a mortgage and I had a, I had a truck payment. And so I kind of, I didn't. I got very lucky in that I didn't have that period of, uh, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Sure. A lot of guys go through this uh, crisis of identity. Yeah. And I didn't go through that, um, which is, I think, another blessing. I think, I think you know, I don't go to church every, every week, but uh, I feel like there's certain things that have happened to me where I feel like that's somebody touching me or, or, or asking me to listen. Sure. And, and uh, sometimes it's for my own benefit, you know, in terms of, you know, I'm doing something or behaving badly which we can get into another time or whatever. But um, I just went for it and went all in. And, and uh, I was lucky that I had some people that were, you know, wanted to reach out and help me out. You know, hey, this is what the job is. Invited me into the into their operating rooms. Gave me a chance to watch and learn. And and through that, you know, just you provide, you know, whatever your 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 urgency is. And I, I love to help. You know, that's where I find, that's where I get my, that's my, my love language is, is you looking at me and, and wanting me, me feeling like you want me around, you know what I mean? I feed off that energy, you know, like, Hey, you value me, you value my presence or whatever. And that, and that for, for me, that's easy to do. It's easy for me to want to prove myself to you. It's easy for me to want to get to know you 
uh, it's easy to want you to know me and hopefully like me. Um, and through that, you know, I'm not the most technical person, but you know, I've got your back and, and, uh, you know, I'll do anything to, to, uh, be worthy or, or, or show my gratitude. And, and just through that, um, added or approach, um, uh, it worked out for me and I joined the real world and, and, uh, it's been good to me. And, and, uh, I've, so, you know, I try to do my best to kind of pay it back, uh, cause you know, it, it's, it's not easy. And yeah. I think we talked about mental health or whatever, I, you know, that whole stigma, I think people just have to be honest. And I think it's happening where we were realizing that, that there's so much that's complicated. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Uh, you know, what you drive, taxes, where you live, how you live, how you turn it off, how you turn it on, you know what yeah. I mean? Saving, um, where you put your priorities in terms of your time and, and, and emphasis and how much you want to pour into certain relationships, whether it be, you know, personally or professional. Um, and so I think, you know, I, I, I want to be a father, you know, I want to be a husband or anything, but I think through the, through the benefit or the, the blessing of, of, of not being confronted with that before I was ready for it, I've, I've been learning a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and then the other side of it, it's allowed me to kind of be a little more committed that maybe than people that are around me that do the same thing I do. So, you know, it helps me win. Um, so, yeah, that's ended up getting into the medical equipment sales arena and uh, where you're learning every day. And uh, the biggest thing that I can do is show up, be on time, be eager, be urgent, um, understand, which I think maybe surprising other people don't, but people who work in healthcare, they've made that decision. Sure. Like they want to work in healthcare. Like they could have done anything else in life, but they made a conscious decision to go to school extra or whatever to work in healthcare to take care to take care of other people. And so I think what I've what I've observed is like, man, I, whatever your energy is is not saying to the people around us right now that you understand what's going on here. Like there's a patient that's asleep under anesthesia and uh we're all hoping the doctor is able to, you know, uh, accomplish his objectives. So I think that, uh, you know, maybe through that humility or, or modesty or understanding, I've been able to kind of establish myself in the real world and take care of myself and, and uh, you know, try to be, try to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking too much, but I think I've been given that affirmation of kind of like, hey, you know, I don't have it all figured out, but you know what, if you show up and, and you care, uh, people will buy into you and, and uh, you know, give you a chance. Yeah. Do you think it's somewhat ironic that you were an enforcer and you beat up people and now you're in healthcare? Um, <laughs> that, or medical sales? Yeah. <laughs> like, is yeah. That, I, I thought about that. I was like, he spent a lot of years beating up people and now he's he's giving back. And you know what? That's awesome. Well, you know what's funny <laughs> is, is some people, they find that out and they, they, have a, they have a predetermined idea of you. Sure. Yeah. And uh, they know that in that realm that is the OR or a healthcare, mm -hmm. you know, environment or whatever, like, I don't have time for, for some meathead. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, like, oh, so they throw so, that. So like, thing. you know, I could, well, Hey, I'm JJ. <laughs> don't right. you know who I am? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it does not. It does not play for me at all. Now, obviously there are people who, you know, are, you know, are familiar hockey. with hockey or whatever that might, you know, give me a warm reception, but most people don't know and don't care. Interesting. Well, that's kind it of advantageous, is, though, to you. Yeah, and so, uh, and if anything, kind of push back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't be coming in here trying to bully 
so-and-so mm. around or whatever. And so things were kind of t- hard for me initially in terms sure. of with certain people kind of getting off the ground because, you know, I, I mean, let's be honest, we all have salesmen come to our door, mm-hmm. uh, call us, email us, and it's not it's not something that you you receive well. Not always. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you're Usually. in health, so when you're in this, this uh, environment, you know, you know, you're in here with some kind of alternative agenda or whatever, and uh, people will, you know, they will they will do their best to uh, um, simmer you down. Sure. Even if even if you're not loud, they're just kind of like, what do you know? You mm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. how long have you been involved or whatever? I've been doing this 20 years or whatever. That's not how this goes down. Then they have their own idea about, you know, um, the, their thought about how things are supposed to play out. And so then I have to navigate that. You know what I mean? Because if I don't play by their game or play by their rules, hey, yeah, yeah. hey, you're Doctors you're not be, welcome. They can be ruthless. Yes, I've sat I've sat in some of those. I worked at the hospital for a while, and I sat in some of those like you know meetings mm-hmm. or off to the side, right? And I just remember like the doctor that I worked for just being like, "I don't have much time. Like, what do you need? What do you got?" I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh, damn, yeah. let's okay, all right." Um, it was just interesting watching that person like. You know, all right, this is what I'm doing. Like some people would like go Fold. right for it. Yeah. And or, some people some yeah. people would be like, Oh, maybe maybe today's not the right day. And they're like, No, this is the, the only shot you got. I'm like, Oh. So yeah, that's it's a tough like game. Yeah. Um, so it's kinda cool to like see you I don't know. I mean, like, is this kinda like you're like, This is it. This is like medical equipment is kinda like my career now. Um What what's happened is is you know, you, you get established and then you kinda you know, compensation is, you know, a commensurate with what your efforts and your commit, your dedication or the time you put into it. But, you know, you get to 42 and you're thinking like, would I rather be doing something else? Sure. Um, but in saying that, you know, people took a chance on me. People bought into me. They trusted me. They had faith in me. And so I'm very grateful. And I enjoy what I do in terms of, uh, of, uh, you know, what, what benefits can I bring, you know, to their OR? You know what I mean? Am I helpful? Do I know what I'm talking about? Do I know what's going on in the room? Is there is there something that I can do, you know, within a split instant? You know, can I recognize what's happening and then try to anticipate that and meet that before it becomes an issue, you know, by finding an instrument or finding a certain disposable that the, you know, the tech or the surgeon might need? Um, but then at the other, uh, on the other hand, it's just like, well, what would you enjoy more? I mean, uh, I get a lot of, you know, I love to um, be involved in people's positive experiences. Um, you know, and so some of that's coaching. Hmm. So I really like to coach, but you know, in the job that I have now, I can't coach. So um, you know, would I like to be doing that? Yeah, but then again, you know, you don't have that uh, stability. You know, you have, you have a good run or whatever, and then you kind of fall out of favor, and then that's it, and you're on the road. You know, when your significant other is sitting there, well, but I like it here. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And then, uh, so to, to your question, I think, you know, I'd, I'd like to be, you know, I'd like to start a business maybe, um, you know, maybe logistics, you know, recognizing what's going on here or maybe like some kind of consulting eventually if I learn enough about a certain industry here in Alaska or, you know, maybe starting a mentorship program. I've, I've teased around some people like, I cannot believe there's not like a, not like a big brothers, big sisters thing, but like a legit, you know, mentorship program. Sure. Um, so I've thought about things like that. How could I, could I, could I make a living and live to the standards that I've, you know, that I, that I enjoy by, you know, being a part of a program like that. So I think about that, mm. but at the same time, I'm very grateful and I'm very happy 
with what I'm doing right now. But you know, when you're when you're by yourself and your own thoughts, you're like, hey, what, what else do you see yourself doing? And that's that's what I see myself doing: being a part of something where, hey, come home at the end of the day, look yourself in the mirror. I'm I'm providing some kind of uh, positive experience. And what I mean by that kind of it takes me back to when I was learning to play hockey, and you go to hockey camps, and you have all these guys that you looked up to, and you know, on the, on the Aces and UAA, hey JJ or whatever, like this is how you shoot the puck, and this is how you do a crossover and you're doing good and all that encouragement I got from other people. And then from the, my friends and their parents and I thrived on that. Mm. So I would like to be involved in seeing, you know, sure. people and young adults or kids thriving. So, uh, you know, I guess that's what I think about. And then, you know, everybody has, you know, we watch the news and, you know, you think about how effective you might be or not be in politics and how you would do it. <laughs> It seems crazy and slimy and awful and not realistic or whatever. But yeah, those are, those are things I think about. Yeah, I love it. I love that we had like um, there's a mentorship program for women up here called Women's Power League of Alaska. If you're familiar with that, we had Kim Waller to talk about it on the podcast. But like, it's like there is so much need for like some kind of like mentorship program. So I love that idea. Right, that's where my my brain lit up when you said that mm -hmm. because i'd love to see that happen in anchorage for sure um well dude we appreciate you coming on man no this was like i said this was a huge uh i this is like therapy for me because yeah you, i love you know, it we're, you, I have, we're not we're not licensed therapists but you know we like to unofficially think we're, we're, we're unofficial therapists. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but new, new things always come out uh, for me when i have conversations like this with people i don't i haven't met yet where you know, you asked about, like, why did you want, you know, and, like, I want to be able to explain why I loved hockey, but can I really? I, yeah. I don't think I can really explain yeah. that. Or you may, may have asked, not thought about yeah. it. Why. We asked the hard-hitting yeah. questions. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, how, how do you think this happened? Um, why did this happen? Um, you know, and I try to think about, like, you know, you want to have a good story to tell. Mm. No, I, I know people enjoy that. You want to have a good story to tell, and so, like, you know, Sometimes I think about, like, do I have a story to tell that's helpful? And we talk about the mentorship program. Um, I just I feel very lucky. Sure. So I, I think through the, the the feeling of feeling so blessed and lucky, I feel like, man, I, I really think that, uh, you know, people have always responded to me because, you know, I do the weird, you know, things that aren't, aren't, aren't that uh, mature, you know, like, you know, show them your teeth, you know, and I growl at people, you know, they're <laughs> 63 years old, like, oh, okay, hey, you know, it ends up being fun. Yeah, or whatever. But I know energy is something that people thrive on. Sure. Yeah. And if I can give people energy, and it makes them feel better, and it works, or whatever, that is my. That's I, I believe that's my thing. That's my place in life is is by being caring, being nurturing, and uh, just <laughs> doing whatever I can to help people through their thing. And so I always enjoy just. Wanting to be someone that people think like, "Hey, I can rely on you. I can trust you. You're going to be a rock or whatever." Because, like, like I said, you, you get involved with some of these companies and sales and whatnot, and you're like, I'm questioning, like, "Hey, am I, am I, am I living up to my potential? Am I really, you know, at the end of the day, am I just a, you know, a, a fake superficial sales person or whatever? Or like, or, or am I reaching my potential and what I can do for others?" Uh, no, now I know I can because I'm helping the surgeon take care of people mm -hmm. uh, or whatever. But can I do something on a different level that's a little more meaningful for me personally? Um, maybe you know we'll see. Um, so, but yeah, I just want to say thanks and I hope Rick and Carol didn't hate this uh, this episode. And I, I'm really uh, 
uh, appreciate that you guys would want to invite me onto your show. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, yeah, thank you for coming. Yeah, on. we're going to look forward because, I mean, the mentorship thing. I mean, why not? Yeah. You know, we have spent a lot of years working on stuff on the side at nights and stuff like that. And we've and, had mentors. And we have failed miserably a lot of times. But at Most the same the time. time, we've had a lot of people that have been mentors to us, have given us great advice. And, I mean, that is something that you'll cherish that we'll cherish for the rest of our life. So if that's yeah. something that you're feeling drawn to, I mean, you have our full go fix yourself support <laughs> yeah. and yeah. it's something you, you should keep looking into. And I, and, and, uh, go fix yourself really applies. And I love that title. Yeah. Uh, and, and when we say go fix yourself, there's that kind of individual, you know, connotation or whatever, when we know that we need, we all need help. Yeah. But, uh, I think it, it goes, for me, it goes, I'm like, go fix yourself. Like take a look in the mirror kind of thing. So I, I love that title. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what we try, and it's sometimes we look at the mirror and it's not pretty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we we want to thank you for your time yeah, so man, much, yep. and uh, it's just been an honor to sit down and talk with you for a bit. Yep, no, All thank right. you guys. Good night, Rick and Carol. Thanks for tuning in. Kyle and Stephen will be back with a new episode next week. In the meantime, check out GoFixYourselfPodcast.com. And remember to always go fix yourself.